0: on Texans your daily Houston Texans podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
1: Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another installment of Locked On Texans, your daily podcast covering your favorite football team, the Houston Texans, every single day. And as always, I'm your host, Texans reporter for ESPN Houston, Cody Davis. And unfortunately, John is not in the studio with me today, but that does not mean I'm here alone. Today, I will be joined by our friend, our brother, Mr. Brandon K. Scott from Sports Radio 610. Unfortunately, we have not had the opportunity to speak to Brandon over the past couple of weeks, which means we're going to get into all the drama surrounding the Texans. And of course, getting his thoughts on where the Texans stand after what happened a week ago, the press conference with the introductory of their new general manager. But before we get into that, guys, I do want to share some quick news and notes surrounding the Texans today. And thankfully, guys, the news surrounding the Houston Texans is not as big as the news that is surrounding the other team in Houston surrounding the Rockets. Of course, with the departure of James Harden, to hear more on the departure of that, please be sure to check out my guy, Mr. JT Gatlin over at Locked On Rockets. But of course, the next big news that's going to take place here in the city of Houston is going to be the Texans when they hire a new head coach. As we all know, the Texans hit the reset button on their coaching search, and in the midst of adding Eric Bieniemy on their list of candidates to interview, the Texans will also interview Rams defensive coordinator Mr. Brandon Staley. Now, I'm not too opposed of this potential hire only due to the fact that there's a lot of talk going around that the Texans should consider hiring a defensive minded coach. When you take into consideration that the Texans had one of if not the worst defensive teams in the league last year. However, if we talk about defensive coaches, I'm on the side of that they should have gone with Rob Asala. But we all know that that ship never even got an opportunity to get started. But you take a look at the work that this man done in Los Angeles. Yes, I understand that he does have Aaron Donald and, of course, Jalen Ramsey. And you're talking about two of the top guys at their respective positions. But. He knows what a great defensive team looks like. And the Texans do need all the help that they can get on the defensive side of the ball. And of course, that's going to start with their next head coach. What's funny, we're talking about the possibility of a defensive coordinator turning into a head coach. And whoever becomes the Texans' next head coach, it seems like they're going to be looking for their own defensive coordinator because as of right now, Anthony Weaver is heavily being considered to join Urban Myers as a defensive coordinator for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And it's going to be kind of fun knowing that we're going to get an opportunity to see how much of Anthony Weaver's defense was actually affected by the talent. As you guys know, I'm under the impression of believing that because there was a lack of talent on this defense, that is what hindered Anthony Weaver throughout this whole entire season. However, with him going to Jacksonville, we get not one, but two opportunities to see was the defensive struggles really because there was a lack of talent or was it because Anthony Weaver isn't that much of a great coach. So I'm interested to see how this situation is going to play out, not only for anthony weaver but of course for the texans in general hopefully god forbid i hope this defense is not bad as it was this past year but enough of anthony weaver it is time for us to start talking about what is going on the drama surrounding the houston texans with our brother our friend mr brandon k scott from sports radio 610. i told you guys
0: about bill bart how great bill bart is but also left out some very important details that you need to know they have 18 amazing flavors including nut and non-nut flavors. Six new flavors, which includes my favorite, the caramel brownie, along with the cookies and cream. My grandmother loves that one. They still have the 12 original flavors, the raspberry, the German chocolate, along with the peanut butter. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. And this is for the healthy, conscious guy like myself who wants to lose weight, but doesn't want to give up a lot of the sweets, right? You can lose and maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber, and great for a keto diet. And here's another thing Bill Bar is doing for their customers right now. You get a free cooler with the purchase while supplies last, which is only for a few weeks or so. So, so go ahead and hop on that right now. Go to billbar.com and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get $10 off your next order. Again, use promo code Locked On to get $10 off your next order.
1: And without further ado, you guys been asking for them. Our brother from Sports Radio 610, Mr. Brandon K. Scott. Brandon, what's going on, my man? And a lot has changed since the last time you was on the show.
2: (laughs) Yeah, man, it's good to be with family. You know, when you're going through trying times, you know, as a city, as a sports fan base, it's good to be with family and kind of talk it out. It's therapeutic. So, you know what it is, man. I'm, I'm on a similar grind to you. So you you can imagine whatever your life has been like has been similar for me, man. So I'm just glad to be here, man. Let's chop it up.
1: By the way, I know our listeners are are following you and stuff, but by any chance, can you please remind our new listeners where they can follow your work on social media?
2: Yeah, man. So check me out at Brandon K. Scott on Twitter. And then on Instagram, I'm at B. Scott from Hiram Clark. If y'all are from the city, y'all are familiar with with the with the e at the end so that's Hiram Clark with an e at the end uh that's my hood so that's you know that's why my that's why that's my uh Instagram name and then my podcast at b underscore block underscore podcast and of course you can subscribe to that if you like this podcast you'll like that podcast um, so you can subscribe to that on Apple, Spotify, Buzzsprout, wherever it is you get your podcast, Google, wherever it is.
1: So, Brandon, let's get things started. What are your thoughts on the Nick Custerio hiring, especially after last week's introductory press conference, which was very awkward, to say the least?
2: <laughs> yeah, the press conference was awkward. But I will say that I expected it to be awkward. I was a little surprised that it even happened the way it did. I, you know, I can remember in the day leading up to, in the days leading up to the press conference, thinking, well, no way Cal McNair is going to actually answer questions. You know, he's never done that. Probably, at best, he'll get up there and deliver a statement. He had already sent out a written statement. I didn't think he'd go beyond that. So I was surprised that we even had that opportunity to, to, to have him not just speak, but to give a back and forth with the media. And, and not just, you know, uh, Texans media or Texans employees, um, who, who I actually I know a lot of people don't like the the Texans employees. They don't think they push them hard enough, but they work for the team. I like the, the work that they do for what it is. You got to keep everything in context. Uh, so I wasn't even expecting us to get that opportunity. Um, but once we did, I, I think it went about as high, about how I would have expected it to you know, given the fact that Cal McNair is not very much a public speaker, not much of a public figure, given that he is such a public figure. So that didn't surprise me at all. As far as the hire goes with Nick Casario, I actually don't mind the hire. You know, I, I, I don't I don't subscribe to the anti-Patriots way to such an extreme, even though I get it. I totally understand it. And, and I don't I don't think that it's unwarranted. It might be overblown a little bit. The, the issue that we really have and the Texans fans really have is not even just the Patriots, but it's really specifically Bill O'Brien. And, and, and that is the Patriots way that you think of in, in the context of the Texans, Bill O'Brien, and then later on, Jack Easterby. So those are the issues more than anything than just this idea that they're trying to be the Patriots. So I don't knock Nick Casario or the idea of having Nick Casario just because he came from the Patriots. But the issue, of course, is the process of it all. The ties to Jack Easterby, and not just the ties, it's not just that he's friends with Jack Easterby, but the idea that that friendship is what influenced the hire and that they kind of went off the grid. And that's not even necessarily to say that the grid that they had was right, but the fact that they went off the grid to go hire a friend and the people in charge right now are not exactly trusted by the locker room and by the fan base. And so it just stinks. It's, just, it's a family business instead of like the, the, the merit. You know, it feels like it, it's more based off of connections. You're doing these, you're making these hires based off of the relationships that you have rather than just simply the, the best person for the job. Now, ironically, Nick
1: Casario has a hell of a resume, so we'll see how it goes. And it's funny that you mentioned that, Brandon, because as a matter of fact, I believe he is more qualified for the job, possibly more so than anybody that was on the general manager market. Because I always say the top quality I want to see in the Texans next general manager is please come from an organization or please have a background to where you know how to build and you know what a championship organization looks like. And Nick fixed the top quality. However, there is still a dark cloud hanging over this organization. And of course, the dark cloud that I'm referring to is Jack Easterby. Given everything that's going on with this Jack Easterby situation, and it seems like he might be the reason behind the city of Houston saying goodbye to another beloved athlete in Deshaun Watson. We're going to get into that a little bit later on in the show. But. How much do you think Nick's job is going to be hindered just due to the fact that people, the the players that he's going to try to bring in, the coach that he's going to hire? How much of that you think is going to be hindered just based off the fact that no one wants to deal with the Texans, knowing that they're also going to have to deal with the foolishness of Jack Easterby.
2: Uh, But to your point and to your question, I do think it's going to be an issue. I think it's already an issue. You know, you're hearing from you know if you listen to players around the league and inner circles the texans are somewhat of a laughing stock right now you know and it's not just the pundits it's not just the media it's not just social media and things that you see on your phone and on your tv screen or what you hear on the radio or whatever it is this is like this is an actual thing where people are looking at the texans as somewhat of a lack laughing stock and sports in general (laughs) general. not just the league yeah it's as somewhat of a joke um So, I mean, this is where you are right now, the perception. I was going to tell you, Cody, I'm glad you asked me that because one of the questions that I would have had for, you know, it was a crowded media room, a crowded press conference, and we weren't going to be able to ask every question that each and every one of us had. But one of the questions that I would have asked and and wish somebody else would have asked if they had the opportunity is, and and, and because I am legitimately curious what their idea of this is, is for Cal McNair and Nick Casario, what is their understanding of the organization's perception around the league among players, coaches, and front offices, because all of that matters, especially when you're the Texans right now, when, you know, you're always trying to get players. So the perception about players matters always because, you know, you're going to be signing, trying to sign free agents every year. Uh, The the perception around front offices, who you're going to have to deal with and make trades and, things of that nature and, and, and find players from other teams and things like that, their opinion matters. And so, and then with with coaches, you're looking for a coach right now. You know, if you had your, you know, if you had your John Harbaugh or your Mike Tomlin, maybe that wouldn't matter as much, but the perception on all three levels, player, coach, front office matters. And I'm curious on what their understanding is of it and how much they care because clearly for for the rest of us, we understand it. We're hearing from them either directly or indirectly or through social media or whatever it is. We're hearing what the perception is. And right now it's a joke. So how is it going to affect his job? I think that Nick Casario is competent and knows what he's doing. I am very curious to see how all of these other issues and all of these other factors are going to affect things. I, I don't know that they will, but I do know that right now it looks like an uphill battle.
1: Yes, it's going to be an uphill battle. And it seems like it's going to be an uphill battle on trying to convince and fix the relationship with Deshaun Watson. But Brandon, before we get into that, you know that was a big major trade that took place in the NBA, correct? Yeah, I feel like I saw <laughs>
2: something about it somewhere, about somebody going somewhere from somewhere else. Yeah, I did think I do think I saw that.
1: Yeah, I know. And because of that, you can now make some money. And I want to tell you guys how you can make some money with BetOnline.ag. The NFL is heading towards the Super Bowl and a blockbuster deal has changed the outlook of the NBA. How can these moves affect you directly, Brandon? Even if it doesn't involve your favorite team, you can actually make some money from it. And you can do that by going to betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code On for a 50% welcome bonus. And I'm pretty sure you're going to be watching the battle between Drew Brees and Tom Brady this Sunday. I know I am. So why not make the game a little bit more entertaining knowing that if you pick the right winner, it can actually help you add just a little bit more money to your bank account. So, don't sit on the sideline anymore. Get into the action at betonline.ag. And, ladies and gentlemen, please do not forget to use the promo code LOCKED ON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sports book experts. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Locked On Texans, only on the Locked On Podcast Network. I have with me in the studio today, Mr. Brandon K. Scott from Sports Radio 610. Brandon, from your perspective, how do you see this situation with Deshaun Watson playing out? And do you think when the season begins in August or September, whichever, you know, they decide to go with, with this virus still going around, do you still think he's going to be under center for the Texans?
2: Yeah, I can't see any other scenario. Now, I'm not ruling it out. Like, I, I just can't with this organization. I can't be the one who says – they are not trading Deshaun Watson like definitively. I, I, I'm just not bold enough to do it with this organization. I wish I could. I wish I could trust them to to well, be, sm- we to be smart. We didn't think they was
1: gonna trade DeAndre Hopkins, and look how that turned out.
2: Exactly. We didn't think they would trade DeAndre Hopkins. We did. We, I don't think just even generally we thought that we would be here with the franchise at this point. You know, I like. I, I just don't think that we thought we would arrive at this place. So I'm not ruling anything out. But if I had to guess, and, and again, going back to the point about Nick Casario and believing that he is competent and able to do the job, I think that eventually when they do talk, when they finally talk and cooler heads prevail, that I think that if Nick Casario isn't necessarily able to win Deshaun Watson over, I think he can get to a point where Watson and even his camp can give Casario the benefit of the doubt. And they really don't have much of a choice other than demanding the trade. And to be clear, Deshaun has not gone that far yet. Like we've heard trade discussions and trade talks and rumors thrown out there, thrown about, but it has not been directly stated that Deshaun Watson for sure wants to be traded. Let's go back real quick to the Andre Johnson tweet from the other day where he's talking about Deshaun Watson needing to stand his ground. And then they doubled down on that later on that night the two of them together at the Rockets game, posting the picture, taking the picture and posting it on Instagram with Andre Johnson captioning it, stand your ground. The very important part for all of us to consider is what exactly they mean by stand your ground. And what is Andre Johnson talking about? And this question has been thrown around from listeners on sports radio 16, like trying to guess exactly what is the ground that he's trying to stand. And I don't think, you know, it's, it's a, it's a trade request. You know, and it's not like they can go back in time and make him be a part of the discussion and hiring of a a general manager. That's water under the bridge now. The only thing that they can do to appease him is to include him in the head coaching search and subsequent head coaching hire. And then from there, I think that standing your ground is going to be what is the Jack Easterby influence. So here's what I'm saying. Deshaun Watson, I don't believe, is going to be traded. But the way to smooth this over is for Jack Easterby's fingerprints to be less on the team, for him to be less involved directly with the team. If Nick Osirio is Jack Easterby's friend and Nick Osirio has Kyle McNair's ear and we have to come to accept the fact that he's not going anywhere despite being partially responsible for the state of affairs with the Texans right now to begin with, then we got to accept that. But what has to happen is Deshaun Watson has to be, and not just Deshaun, let me point out, Deshaun Watson, who is speaking on behalf of the locker room, the entire locker room needs to be comfortable with Easterby's role and influence on the team and the day-to-day operations. How that works out, what that looks like, I'm not sure. Because from my understanding, Jack Easterby has his fingerprints on everything. That part is what has to change. That part, go back to Dre's tweet, He says, stand your ground. He mentions the Texans wasting players' careers. And then he immediately gets into the Jack Easterby thing. That's the issue at hand. If they're not going to fire Jack, if they're not going to make him resign or kind of force him to resign or anything like that, and they're going to keep him around, they are going to have to reimagine what his role is with the team and what his influence is on the team. And that, to me, is how you repair the relationship with Deshaun Watson.
1: I agree with you, but at the same time, that's the most frustrating part because when you take a look at the Jack Easterby situation, it, it really doesn't make sense to me because going back to last Friday's press conference, Cal McNair could not give one role, nor could he name a trait. to to, to say Jack Easterby Easterby is worth the drama of keeping around because of XYZ. He could not do that. And I'm sitting here saying to myself, you have a fan base, which is your business, pissed off at you. You have a guy who can arguably become the greatest player to ever represent your organization pissed off at you. You have the the current guy who is currently the, the greatest player in your franchise. He's possibly on the way out of the door and it all centers around Jack Easterby and I'm sitting here saying to myself I truly believe that McNair will risk losing everything he has within his organization just to keep Jack Easterby around and it just does not make any kind of sense
2: no none of it makes sense and I'm I'm done trying to make sense of it Enough with
1: the Jackie's to be nonsense. <laughs> um, like you say, you can't really make sense of it anymore. I'm, I'm just really hoping for the best. At the end of the day, the only thing that can actually salvage not only the relationship of Deshaun Watson, but the organization is, in general, is who are they going to hire as the next head coach? We know since Nick came in, they hit the reset button on their coaching search. Where do you think this is going to go, especially now, even though they did it, I think, a little bit too late. They have requested to interview Airbnb. Where do you think this whole head coaching search is going to go from here on out?
2: You know, I'm on standby stand by like everyone else. You know, Brandon Staley is a name that I feel like gained steam over the last several weeks or toward the end of the season. I know at Sports Radio 610, we did this thing just for fun. A head coach, a listener's head coach bracket, where we let the listeners pick the next head coach through – a quasi tournament bracket form. And the finalists, you know, the, the last two were Eric Bienemy and Robert Sala. Those were the names, the big names that you heard around that time. This was right around Thanksgiving. And since then they were late on the Eric Bienemy party and haven't reached out to Robert Sala at all, from what I understand. And then Brandon Staley, his name gets thrown out in the last couple of days as somebody that they're gonna play in an interview. Obviously he has a he has a game coming up. And so he ha- he still has a season going, but that's somebody, and, and of course, so does Eric Bienemy. So those are those are those are some of the fresh names. I it's it's hard to tell because so let's start with Bienemy real quick. The thing with Eric Beany is, while he is a popular candidate, and we all understand him to be recommended by some of the more respected minds among them, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, I don't know. I don't know what else you need, like who's more reputable right Deshaun now. Deshaun Watson? Well, that's what I'm saying, but recommended to Deshaun Watson, right? Like, you know, uh, they're, they're not necessarily just recommending to us in the public. They're talking to the people that matter, right? So to to Deshaun Watson, like Deshaun Watson hasn't worked with Eric B and me, right? So he's leaning on the people who have, and he's heard from some pretty solid voices. And, and, and it's the same thing with Brandon Staley. You hear Jalen Ramsey talk about him. You hear Sean McVay talk about him. Well, Jalen Ramsey, widely considered to be the best, if not among the best, at his position, and then Sean McVay, we would, uh, for the last you know three years, four years, have been talking about him as some kind of young whiz, some kind of a protege, you know, and and now he's well respected as you know and well established as a coach, having appeared in the Super Bowl and all of that. So they get the uh, the recommendation, but with Eric Bieniemy my sense was that the Texans were never really interested in him. They never showed that interest. And I think they showed that through their actions by not reaching out to him during that time when they could have, when he had a bye week and all he had was time, all he was doing with his time, I guess, other than preparing for whatever uh, whatever opponent he was going to end up seeing in the divisional round, all he was doing was interviewing. And he interviewed with everybody but the Texans. And so then all this drama unfolds with Deshaun Watson, and we hear about, you know, one of the things that that's bothering him is that they didn't reach out to Eric Bieniemy or that they hadn't interviewed Eric Bieniemy yet. And then now, conveniently, they've hired the, the GM, which was part of the issue with Deshaun Watson because he, he felt blindsided by it. Now conveniently, they're resetting the the coaching search, and lo and behold, Eric Bieniemy is now on the list. So when I saw that, I was immediately skeptical. I know a lot of people were like, well, it's never too late to do the right thing. You know, you got this opportunity, you're resetting your coaching search. Yeah. You should have been done it, but this is the right thing. And I'm like, well, hold on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah. We all agree that Eric Bieniemy is a worthy candidate and I saying that he, that he should get the job necessarily, but he's a worthy candidate. That's somebody that you should reach out to and be interviewing and talking to. But, the fact that they hadn't done this shit is indicative of something. It tells me something and that they're doing. I get that it's different people running the search, but that they're doing it now, especially given the context and the circumstances around everything makes me question, are they just doing this to pacify, to placate, to, to pander to this feeling that Deshaun Watson has? And to me, if that is the case, then this is a huge mistake because the last thing that they need to be doing at this point is insulting Deshaun Watson and insulting his intelligence. The Eric B interview, that has to be serious. The interest in Eric B if they're going to show it has to be real and serious for it to, for it to not be a bad thing. Cause otherwise to me, you're out here insulting Deshaun Watson. If he don't see through it, his people are going to see through it. Between him and his camp, they will see right through the nonsense and this uh, att- attempt to placate and say, well, we looked at your guy, even though now you can't interview him until after the Super Bowl or until after he's eliminated, and everybody pretty much expected them to go to the Super Bowl. Between now and then, they can find a guy that they like, and Eric Bieniemy can decide on one of them other jobs that he's been interviewing for. Like Both sides can decide against each other because that's how much time is going to go by between, we expect anyway, unless there's an upset, that's how much time is going to go by between the time that they can communicate or, or do this interview. So there was an opportunity missed. And so now you wonder, now that they're taking this opportunity, if it's even genuine, how real is it? So I don't know what to make of this search. The Brandon Staley uh, interview is one that I am intrigued by. I've been doing more research on him and just seeing how he's, how he's come up. Um, under Vic Vic Fangio most recently. Um I, you know, I've heard guys like Sam Acho talk highly of him uh with his time as the outside linebackers coach with the Bears. Um Sean McVay obviously speaks highly of him. So I'm interested to see where that goes with Brandon Staley. Um, I know they interviewed Joe Brady, so those are a couple of young guys between between 30 and 40. But again, I'm looking like, you know, Joe Brady, I get the fascination, but how does Joe Brady get an interview before Eric B enemy? You know, it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't like, I think both should have gotten interviews, but I don't get how one gets one and not the other one. It's really odd. It's really weird. Um, Nick Casario's never hired a coach. He's been attached to the hip with Bill Belichick the whole time. So while I do believe in Nick Casario as a personnel guy, and I do think he knows what he's doing. I do have questions about the head coaching search and what exactly they're looking for, and just the fact that we've got neophytes. We've got novices out here trying to hire a head coach. And if you look at the power structure as something between Cal McNair, Jack Easterby, and Nick Casario, two of those we don't think that they know what they're doing. And the two that we don't think know what they're doing are the ones with the most influence on the one who does. So that part makes me nervous.
1: Well, Brandon, all I can say is that I just wish for the best and I hope this does not end in us saying goodbye to another great athlete sooner rather than later, man. Um, It's tough out here in Houston sports right now, man. I I say that a lot. (laughs) Yeah, man. But I look, I, I think we got a long way to
2: go before we really need to be worried about Deshaun Watson getting traded. Like there is enough time for everyone to cool down for everyone to get on the same page. Like, if you get into OTAs, if you start getting into the summer and it still seems like things are a little bit dicey, then I'd wonder, you know. Um, but th- there, there is an opportunity for them to, or at least I, I think for Casario to win over Deshaun Watson. And again, like I said earlier, I think part of that, part of winning over Deshaun Watson, and I, again, this is critical, so listen out, part of winning over Deshaun Watson is going to be how they deal with Jack Easterby and how they reimagine his role with the team. That's what we're talking about when we say stand your ground, when Andre Johnson says stand your ground. So we'll see.
1: Yes, sir. We shall. Um, Brandon, thank you so much for um, coming in for your, I guess we just going to call this Friday talk with Brandon K. Scott from sports radio 16. Um, we yes. really do appreciate it every time you come on the show. And once again, where can our listeners follow you at on Twitter?
2: at Brandon K. Scott on Twitter, at B underscore block underscore podcast on Twitter, and, of course, at B. Scott from Hiram Clark on Instagram. Y'all hit me up.
1: And that will conclude another installment of Locked On Texans, your daily podcast covering your favorite football team every single day. As always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y, D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.